is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For part two with Jason Tam, we continue the conversation on ways of being. And he also brings up some fantastic actions that he's been taking to keep him self-centered and positive during this uncertain time. So I hope you enjoy the part two of our conversation with Jason Tam. Keep on keeping on. Something that you can't say about every accomplished actor, I guess, is that I've actually seen you audition before. And I'm sure it wasn't necessarily maybe a full audition with, you know, given there was cameras and whatnot. So at that stage, yeah. it was a little different. But I was, I and I really would love to talk about this moment because I was moved, as I know so many others were, from that particular performance uh, or audition, I guess, in every little step. And you have nerves and you have doubt and you have so many things going through your mind, yet there was such a, a, a presence and soft focus to have an emotional vulnerability in front of people who are, you know, adjudicating, basically. <laughs> what What is that for you? What is that moment in the room? What is are you what is the mental thought process are you just in it at that point that was all done prior well <clears throat> that that whole process specifically the auditioning for the role of paul mm-hmm. was was just like it felt like the stars aligning for so many reasons first of all there the text is it is nicholas dante's story i mean it's almost verbatim mm-hmm. and so in that sense it's it felt simply from a from a technical standpoint it felt easy to personalize and to memorize and to have be in my body and in my soul because it it was the way that he it was his story and it's mm. the way that it rolled off of his tongue and and it just felt so easy to inhabit um it also just I did, I did a ton of work beforehand and I felt like enough. That's, that's generally my, my style. I like to be over-prepared so that that I can be present in the moment to what bubbles up Um, and make room for spontaneity because all of the work has already been done and then you can let it go. Um, And, uh, as far as all the nerves went, it was, I mean, it was, it was terrible. It was like, you know, auditions are, are, are nerve wracking enough. And then you have all these cameras there. And, um, but the amazing thing about that process uh, auditioning for Paul is that he, you are, you are auditioning, you know what I mean? Like you are, that's what you're there to do. And so all of that stuff I got to use, Oh, here's my cat, Malcolm. I'm just gonna, <laughs> Hi, Malcolm. um, Hey, Malcolm. Bye, Malcolm. Um, all of that stuff you can use. And I did. I, 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 I used all of the nerves, all of the nervousness, the, the, the feelings of, of um, the imposter syndrome. I could actually let all of that stuff in instead of trying to breathe it away or let it dissipate. I could let all of that into my body and let it affect my storytelling and my uh, state of being. Um, uh, what else can I say about that process? It's interesting. I mean, I'm so, I, I've, I've never had that experience since, and I don't mm-hmm. imagine that I'll have that experience again in an audition room where you actually really move the people behind the table. Mm-hmm. I feel so lucky to, to have had that experience. And on top of that, to have it documented, mm-hmm. 
Um, uh, uh, and and of course, it was from a very long time ago. And so when I when I um, watch it or when I when people talk about it, I I feel such mixed feelings. I feel such mm -hmm. gratitude that people um, are moved by it and and enjoy it. But I also I see my younger self and my younger artist self and I see all the things that I would do differently if mm -hmm. I could and so it's this it's this mix uh, um, but I'm so glad it exists and that I had that experience it was especially at the beginning of my career really um, it, it, it was such a an amazing buoy something that I could hold on to um, you know in the tumultuousness of, of being in the entertainment industry that was like a solid buoy that I could be like no this is um, I'm meant to be here. I'm meant to tell stories. Um, you know, people, people value my voice and, and the, the specific way that I tell stories and what I have to bring to telling stories. So very, very thankful for that. Is there a standout role or process that has taught you a significant amount about yourself? Um, I feel like every single side that I work on audition, I, I feel like I'm learning something about myself because I, I believe that characters are an extension of us. They are, it's like, we're, we're, we're like jewels and there's different facets. There's different sides to us and, and different characters that we play and that we inhabit are simply magnified versions of, of those different sides of ourselves, of our personality. So I love getting to tap into these more extreme, you know, parts of myself that are further away from my core. Um, but if I had to pick, because I, I have to answer this question. You and have to. <laughs> <laughs> we can I talk about like a few. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I love, I love going on journeys. I love, that's so exciting to me. Um, and so I feel like, I, I, I got to play Franklin Shepard um, in Merrily We Roll Along at uh, Sharon Playhouse. And I mean, talk about a journey that takes place over decades and, and it's based and, and it goes <laughs> backwards uh, to, uh, you know, from the, from the end to the beginning. Right. Um, and you get to, you get to inhabit, I got to inhabit all of these different ages, these different, because Franklin is changing so much within those two years. I mean, the way that he views art, the way that he views his relationship to art and finances and um, responsibility and happiness and how he derives pleasure. It, 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 uh, it was an incredible experience. So I'm, I'm always yearning for those kinds of things because I feel like um, with a lot of life, the more life you have, the more you learn. And that show is like 20 years of life. Hmm. Yeah. So there's a lot to learn. It's so, that's such a good point because yeah, I mean, as a, uh, as a performer, right. You're, you're, you're recreating life <laughs> in a way. So mm -hmm. it's those daily inspirations that you witness, like the moment on the train. Those are all, those are all real, real solid golden nuggets of life and humanity that you can bring to your work. Um, Absolutely. With performing or through performing, how have you gotten better at communicating? 
Um, <clears throat> I think that uh, going back to Deborah Headwall, my one of my teachers who got me really into poetry, I feel like that really, really helped me communicate within scene work because, mm. because poetry, what poetry does so well is it, it, it like distills humanity down into really, really like pure, tangible, powerful language where you can be like, oh, that's what this moment is. Mm. Um, in, in this moment in time, that's what this character is feeling. That's what they're working through. That's what they're yearning for. Um, <clears throat> what else? I feel like uh, just the more, what I love about, I love, I love getting better at, at things. I love getting better at storytelling. I love, and, and that happens over time with life as we're talking about. Um, sure, but, sure. but also the more material you work on, the more material you read, um, it's like the more you absorb into yourself so that you can understand storytelling. You can understand the benchmarks that you need to hit, the, the, mm. the, um, the moments that are uh, effective to an audience um, comedically or dramatically. Um, what is superfluous? What is unnecessary? You can kind of streamline things and, and, um, and that's exciting to me. Uh, so I, I, got, I got on a super tangent. I'm loving where this. I'm not sure where I was, <laughs> where I was going with that. Um, but uh, uh, I guess I, oh, I, I know. Okay. So yeah, under, I think I was trying to talk about understanding storytelling. Sure. Sure. And, and understanding, um, um, communicating in a rehearsal process, you know, mm -hmm. uh, um, in that regards so that, so that it's not just, um, I feel like there maybe was an old way of looking at things where actors were meant to just kind of be good at acting, but but that's kind of it. But I feel like um, it's it's more empowering if you are also understand storytelling and you can understand like beats and understand how to set things up and how to have them play out effectively, you know, um, um, for for the people that are watching the show. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's so much more than just right being a pawn. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> in a, yeah. In a game or a, or a show. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's the full understanding of the whole, the whole the whole picture. I um I appreciate that. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I uh, I'm curious to to date, <laughs> how are you balancing achievement versus fulfillment in your life? Yeah, um, I uh, 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 did the artist way, maybe mm -hmm. like six years ago and that was super helpful because um it just helped me understand what made me happy and and what made me happy um as like that's tied to art and very serious art which you know i feel like we should be very serious about but also like just reconnecting me to a sense of play um, to that sense, that feeling that I got when I was doing um, Hot in the Furnace at my at Central Union Church, like, yeah. you know, 
30 some odd years ago, um, that sense of it's you're, you're doing it because it's fun. And so bringing that sense into that sense of play and fun and wonder into my storytelling, but also seeing where that leads otherwise. And maybe it's like something super, uh, totally frivolous. Um, like, uh, 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 I don't know, um, making friendship bracelets or like, you know, like sure. something that's tied to, to childhood. Yeah. Um, but right now I'll have to say that, um, I'm lucky enough to rent a space that has a private back garden. And that is the thing that has been honestly giving me the most fulfillment in my life. Um, maybe even more <laughs> than, than uh, theater, which is like a little scary for me to say out loud and acknowledge, but that's just where I'm at right now. Sure, sure. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with, with it. I, I, so vegetables, flowers, trees, shrubs. I'm, I've, during the pandemic, I got obsessed with, with gardening and basically all I had room for in my life uh, because we were dealing with so much uncertainty at that moment, you know, before everybody knew what was even happening and how long it was going to happen for. And um, before we had a vaccine, um, I just didn't need any more uncertainty in my life and storytelling is there's, there's an element of uncertainty in it. And so I couldn't watch any, fictional TV shows mm. or like really read any fictional books. Um, but I was watching a bunch of gardening reality shows, uh, a gardener's world, which is a BBC show. Um, there's this other one called uh, um, garden rescue, which I think is another BBC show. Um, and so I've been learning a ton about it and it, it, it has been bringing me so much fulfillment and joy um, and now I'm trying to see uh, pre fairy cakes, I had more time on my hands. And I was mm -hmm. trying to see how I could bring that fulfillment and that joy to other people as well. Um, and so there's an element of being in service that I think is also really, really fulfilling, um, trying to make the world a little bit better than it was before you came into it. Um, and so that means kind of like volunteering it garden community gardens and um uh handing out produce fresh produce to underserved communities and so i'm trying to find a way to bridge my pleasure in and my fulfillment in gardening and bring that to other people as well i have to ask what have you grown or what do you enjoy oh gosh growing? oh gosh everything well as far as vegetables go it's like kale and carrots and basil. I love growing different kinds of basil, cinnamon basil, lemon basil, Thai basil, Genovese basil. Um, I didn't know uh, there were different basils. <laughs> oh yeah. That's my ignorance. There's like, there's like a hundred. <laughs> I love um, it. Green beans, edamame, um, uh, soybeans. Mm. Um, and then as far as like flowers go, I really, I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm growing everything I possibly can. Um, uh, I, I like kinds of flowers that attract um, wildlife and pollinators and stuff. Sure. And um, so uh, uh, Achillea, uh, they're called uh, umbellifors, um, flowers that kind of look like umbrellas. Um, they have like a, a big flat surface for, and, and tons of lots of little tiny flowers that um, 
pollinators can come in and take from it. Like huh. they can get like a hundred flowers in one landing and they love it. So uh, Achillea um, and um, sedums and uh, uh, what else? Um, I'm growing all kinds of stuff. Zinnia, dahlias, um, asters, uh, uh, different kinds of bulbs. I'm so into it. Are you, are, is there any, um, situation, you know, with it getting colder, are you bringing any of that into the, into the house that you can kind of keep are, cultivating through the winter? There are a couple things that I have in pots okay. that are, that, that just don't like frost. Mm -hmm. So I, I will, I have a, um, a plumeria tree, uh, that's in a pot, a small plumeria tree, uh, which is a tropical plant. We have a ton of them in Hawaii, which is where I grew up but it'll drop all of its leaves and then I'll take it into the basement and it'll just be dormant for the winter. And then I'll bring it back out uh, once it starts to warm up. And I'll do that with um, some canna lilies as well that I have in pots. Um, but pretty much everything else is either uh, perennial, meaning that um, for our zone, we're in zone 7A uh, in New York City, that they it'll die back and then miraculously come back the next year or their annuals, meaning that they'll die and not come back, but that's, they're meant to do that. And you're just meant to plant them every year. And now I, I do have to ask this question. I know we talked to, we were joking about favorite colors, but I do have to ask, do you have a favorite flower? Um, I, right now, my favorite flower, I, I like, I like flowers that, um, make me think of other people. And so, uh, um, my mom used to have these, uh, roses. They're, um, it was a Floribunda rose, um, and and they were orange. And um, I, I really, I every time I visited her, you know, I just loved going out and seeing this row hedgerow of, of roses. And she'd bring them, cut them, and bring them into the house. So they always make me think of her. So I planted one of those roses um, in my garden, and 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 I love that because it makes me think of her. I love that. I love that. And yeah. I love this conversation. You might have just answered this question, but as we wrap up here, are there any changes you've made that have increased positivity and decreased negativity in your life? Gardening. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Great. It really is astonishing how, how healing nature is. It's like, yes, it's, it's something that is so simple but that is overlooked in terms of, and I love that I think British people are now starting to sometimes, in addition to all of the other ways to combat mental health, um, provide good mental health, mm -hmm. that they're also starting to prescribe gardening time. And they have these like gardening centers that people can come to because it really, it's like, it shifts your, your mindset. There's something that you have to be, well, first of all, it's, it's relaxing. There's something about, you know, green plants and being amongst them. That is, it's like being around, you know, pets or something. It just automatically lowers your blood pressure. Yeah. Um, but there's also something that is, you have to be inherently um, positive, I guess, if you're gardening, because you're thinking about the future, you're planning for the future, everything you plant, you plant it with hope that it is going to bear fruit or bear vegetables or bear flowers and knowing also that sometimes it won't and that that is also a part of of nature um 
uh, loss is 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 a part of the story that we're all um, um, actors in. Uh, and um, yeah, yeah, it's it's really it's really helped me um, view the world through a more positive lens, I think. Mm, I love that. And there's something like you said, there's something pretty certain about <laughs> weather in the seasons and growing, you know, things yeah. they, they grow, they die, they grow back. There's a certainty to it, a circle. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, metaphorically speaking, if you could put a word or a phrase on a billboard for millions of people to see, does anything come to mind? Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like, um, um, when, you know, I feel like we had an ethics class in like sixth grade and they, they ask you to bring in a quote, um, something that is really powerful for you. And I feel like the quote that I brought in, I think I brought in two quotes. One was, to love another person is to see the face of God, which is from Les Mis. Mm. Yeah. Um, and did Victor Hugo write that? Is that like a direct pull from Victor Hugo? I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm all of a sudden that I just started wondering, or is that, uh, you know, a lyric from the show? I'll have to look that up. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, I, it's, it's just, it's so profound and beautiful. It, and it yeah. feels, it feels like it's from a novel almost. Anyway, um, so there's that. And also, I, I I really responded to um, a quote that I think was I'm gonna butcher this, but I think it was along the lines of like anger is a wind which blows out the fire of the mind. I feel like that was something that that really stuck with me. Um, it, it it made me try to not not feel my feelings to acknowledge my feelings, but to never let my feelings um, take away from a larger perspective, um, from being able to take a step back from a situation and look at the entire picture mm -hmm. um, and, and let, you know, logic was something I feel like that was very important to me and is very important to me. Um, uh, and then also, um, at the church that I went to growing up um, on the, on the very back uh, behind the altar, there was a quote that said, love never faileth. And I, that I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. It's so, it's so true. I just, I love all three of those very powerful and simple in, you know, I guess the concept, but so difficult in action sometimes. And it's, yeah, but it's so simple to just, yeah, to be, to love, you know, it brings you closer to your belonging, which I love. Yeah. And I love, I love that we got to touch on this, all of this, uh, so deeply. So, and I really thank you for taking the time. What are you, can I just ask, what are you looking forward to? What's exciting you right now? Um, spring, yeah. <laughs> the idea of, amen and the idea amen. of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I do. I love winter. And, and in fact, I'm trying to plant my garden in a way that celebrates autumn, that celebrates the seasons. You can plant things that, that, that kind of enhance the winter season. So I am looking forward to winter. I just planted something called, um, dogwood, a shrub called dogwood. And it's got this like brilliant, um, sometimes they have red 
their 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 twigs are bright red in the winter or i have one uh, a, a version that's kind of yellowy orangey twigs um and and achillea which is one of the flowers that i was telling you about an umbella for that that um pollinators love it also dies really gracefully so it leaves these beautiful seed heads that kind of capture frost and capture snow in a really beautiful way so i'm looking forward to winter but i'm really looking forward to spring mm. and and trying out some new plants and um i just love watching the garden come back to life um and i'm also looking forward to uh theater like opening up again. That's super exciting to me. I'm, I'm, I just, I had been really missing, you know, Zoom things are great in terms of doing readings of, you know, developmental readings of things, but it's just, it's not the same as telling a story collaboratively with a group of people in person. Mm. Um, so I, I love that. I'm, I'm going to see Trouble in Mind later today mm. with LaShawn's. Um, uh, and uh, I just, I'm so excited about theater getting back up on its feet and getting back to full blast. I love that. This has been yeah. such a great conversation. Thank you for taking the time today. You're very welcome. People of the world, Jason Tam. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening. 